Hey, CE fam, I hope you are having a great summer so far, and you know, fall is right around the corner, and before we know it, kids are going to be going back to school, so I hope you're enjoying this last little bit of summer that we have here in Florida, and man, it's been a good summer for us, it's great to be back from our annual summer vacation, going up to see our families. Uh, this year was a little bit different, uh, normally we take the big drive all the way up to Indiana and Michigan, then we swing through North Carolina, see all the families and cousins, but this year's just been a little different. Uh, Jen's family's moving from Indiana to North Carolina, and then my family, who normally we go up to see in Michigan, they said, hey, let's meet you halfway in Tennessee, and so my two brothers, my parents, all the cousins, everybody came down, and my parents were so kind, they treated us to a really adventurous few days, and in the middle of Tennessee, we went uh, whitewater rafting, went into a cave, had some fun cliff diving, just a great time seeing everybody, but, but man, it's, it's good to be back, and, and I actually love the, the normal rhythms and routines of the fall. I mean, summer's great, but I love that, and so that's coming, I'm excited about that. But one of the things I do enjoy a lot about summer is that, you know, with kids being out of school, there's just a different pace for us families who have kids at home. And, and you have a little bit more time with your kids to be intentional and just have those conversations. And, and so the other day I was, I was walking along with one of my kids and, and they were just shouting out like, you know, fun kid ideas. You know, they're just dreaming. They're saying, what about this? And what if on that? And they're just, they're just having fun, just, just being a kid. And, and I noticed that the, the trend of all the things they were saying were these ideas, these visions. And, and I said to them, you know, one time, I, I love that you're doing this because one time I came across this quote that's just lodged in my mind, and I shared that quote with them. I want to share it with you. It's from Eleanor Roosevelt. She actually gets credit for this quote, but it originally came from a guy named Henry Buckle. And, and her quote said that great minds discuss ideas, average minds discuss events, and small minds discuss people. And, and I said to my child, I said, you know, a, a lot of people talk about the normal, you know, people and events and all just the drama of life, and that's fine. But some people talk a lot about ideas and dreams and vision, and those people often go on to change the world. And so I was trying to encourage this gift in my child and, and sharing it with them because I really believe that ideas are powerful. Dreams are powerful. Vision can actually change your life. Now, it takes a lot of hard work and teamwork and resources to pull off a vision. But the vision itself is so powerful because it moves us to action. It moves us forward in life and helps big things happen that would not normally have happened without vision. And my desire today for us as a church family is to help us dream bigger for God and what he wants to do in our life so that we can take action for him in these critical areas for our life. I'd love to see some of us in this room start to dream a little bit bigger for our faith, what our relationship with God could actually look like day to day. I'd love to see many families in our church this weekend start to dream a little bit bigger about what life could look like with your family and having a godly home. I'd love to see many of you dream bigger in your career and your life work, the work of your hands, for your ministry for the Lord, what you do for him that helps others and blesses the world. I'd love to see a lot of us just start to dream bigger with our, our life dreams for God and for fun. Just, just open up our minds to what God could do in our life. And so I've titled this message, The Power of Vision in Your Life. And I am so excited about today because I truly believe for those of you who grasp this concept, and you take God's word today and you apply it to your life. As it says in James 1, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourself, but do what it says. And for those of you who take God's word today and apply it in this key area, and you start to dream bigger for God, I'm telling you, this has the potential to radically alter the trajectory of your future. 
the power of vision in your life. I really hope that someone here today gets a fresh vision for God that can ultimately change your life and even more so change the lives of others around you as you serve the Lord. So Jeremiah chapter 1 is where we're going to be here in just a moment. Jeremiah chapter 1. And today I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go around uh, throughout Scripture just giving you the whole of, of the story of God's Word when it comes to vision. And so I'm going to start in Jeremiah chapter 1, and then we'll move into the New Testament here in a moment. But Jeremiah chapter 1, beginning in verse 1, one of God's great prophets, Jeremiah, I want you to notice how his life began in verse 5. It says, The word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. You know, I, I really love these verses. And, and imagine just how incredible this is that, that before you were even born, God had a plan for you. It just shows us how God is outside of time and how he's dreaming for us and about us. Before you were even born, before you showed up on the scene, God was imagining what he could do through your life. God was just dreaming about and envisioning what he wanted to do in your life for his purposes and ultimately for his glory. And here he says to Jeremiah, before you were even born, I knew you and I set you apart. I appointed you. These very specific words, he's telling him, I had a master plan for your life. There's incredible things I wanted to do through you. Now, now many of us in this room, we don't know what God's ultimate master plan for our lives are. Some of us may think we have an idea on what that is, and sometimes we do, and we follow that out, and sometimes it changes later in life. But for most people, I found that they don't know what God's will is for their life, and it can almost paralyze them from action or from dreaming, because they kind of sit in this place of neutral instead of drive and moving forward, and they're in neutral, and you know your vehicle doesn't go very far when it's in neutral, and they just kind of coast with life because they're waiting for God to show up and deliver this big plan, like a deer in the headlights moment, like this is what I'm supposed to do. And, and what I want to challenge you with in this is it's great to pray for God to give you that big picture vision like he did with Jeremiah. Although, interestingly, this was later in his life that he pointed out that way back when he had deposited a vision in his, his heart. So we, we don't know exactly when it all came together in Jeremiah's mind, but he says, hey, it, there was a point way back then I did have a master plan, and now I'm letting you know that I had that plan. But between here and there, when you, when you finally have that moment where you can see what God's wanting to do, what I would challenge you with is to look around at your life right now and say, what has God placed in my life? Who has God placed in my life right now? What season am I in? And start dreaming bigger about that. Start dreaming bigger about what's in your life right now, the people in your life now. You might be dreaming one day, man, I'd love to be married. I just don't know who that person is. Well, who are the friendships and family in your life right now that you can dream about? And how you can improve those relationships. And how those relationships you can bless and they can be a blessing to you. And so whatever season of life you're in, dream about what, what God is doing now and have bigger dreams about what he may accomplish now. And interestingly, sometimes by, by being faithful to dream big in this season and honor God with the vision he's put in front of us right now, it's what opens the door for the next season, for the next vision. And, and so here's, here's a lesson in this if you want to take some notes today. God has always had a big vision for my life. God has always had a big vision for your life. He has. He does. Right now he has a vision for your life. And his vision is far greater than your vision for your life. And some of you are dreamers. And you're like, I'm, I'm loving today. You're leaning in. You're taking notes. You're like, I love dreaming. But here's the thing. As much as you love to dream, God loves it more. Because he understands how powerful it is to have a vision. And he wants you to see the vision he has for you because he's always been dreaming. Now this is a, a great message to kind of tag on to 
the messages Pastor Phil shared with us a couple times here this summer, we talked about hearing from God in our vertical prayer series. Wasn't that good? And what, what a great summer it's been just talking about prayer and connecting with God. I, I hope you are being intentional to apply that and you're really spending some time walking with God this summer. It'll be such a blessing to you. And, and one of the things that, that Phil shared with us is it's important not just to talk to God, but to listen to God, to raise up that antenna and, and, and listen to God. And he talked about different aspects of that, making sure it's aligned with, with God's word. And so some of those things that we learned over these last weeks are really important for what we're talking about today in hearing vision from God. Because we do want to make sure it's aligned with his word and that we seek wise counsel. So I'm not going to rehash all that he talked about, but I do just want to say it's important that our ears are open to hear the vision that God wants to pour into our life and that we're dreaming with God. Jeremiah chapter 29, later on in this, this book, is a verse that, that I loved early on in my faith journey. And when I was young in my faith, I just I would reference this all the time. I'd preach from it as a, as a young pastor. And then, and then as I learned more about the context around this verse, I put it down, honestly, for a long period of time. I, I put this verse down. And, and, and not necessarily intentionally, I just kind of did. And then, and then now later in my life, I'm, I'm picking this up again, and it just has a deeper meaning as it's come full circle for me. Because this verse is very positive in nature, but it was delivered to God's people at a time when they were about to go into exile and to a very hard and difficult time. And, and it's easy on first read to say, oh yeah, God's got these wonderful plans for me. But then later, when you realize that he has good plans even in the hard times, it adds depth and layers to this verse. Jeremiah 29, 11, perhaps you know it well. It says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope in the future. And so we know that even though they were about to go through a very difficult time in life, God says, hey, I still have a future for you. I have a hope for you. I'm still dreaming about what's to come, even though you're about to go through a, a difficult and challenging road ahead. I still have an end game for you that's a beautiful picture. It's a masterpiece. You just need to trust me. And so I say to you, if you're going through a time in life right now where it's very difficult and you feel like things are small and hard and challenging, and every day, every step is a battle. What I would say to you is that, that God is speaking to you right now, and he's saying, hey, I have a plan for your future. I know the plans I have for you. God is certain. He is not, he's not questioning his future for you. He says, I know the plans I have for you, and they're plans to prosper you, not to harm you, to give you a hope and a future. And the pain we feel in our life is not God trying to harm us. The things that God allows us to experience in this life, they're intended for good consequences because as it says in Romans 8, God works all things for good for those who love him. And sometimes he's trying to bring wisdom and growth and maturity out of difficult seasons. Sometimes he's trying to teach us to rely on him more. Sometimes he's giving us a story that will ultimately help us help our children through hard times or people that we mentor or people we lead in our life groups. There's so many things that God's wanting to deposit into our life even in the difficult times, but there's one thing that we know for sure, even though some of these questions are uncertain, we know for certain that God is dreaming about our future, that he does have plans for you in this season. And some of you just came out of a great season. Maybe you just retired. And you're like, man, God did some great things in my life. Listen, he's not done dreaming for your future. It might look different, but what could God do if you put this next season of your life into his hands and say, I just graduated college, right? And, and man, what a fun time. I'm never gonna be in the dorm again and hanging out with all the guys and man, I'm gonna miss that. But look, what could God do in this next season as he unfolds his plan or as you start your family and you're, man, I'm gonna miss this. I'm not sure if I'm ready to be a dad or a mom. Listen, the next season of your life, God's already there dreaming for you. He's got bigger plans than even what you can imagine. And so I just want to get us today to start dreaming with God about what he could do in our lives. You know, one of the things that I love doing over the summer, just, just having those conversations again with, with family, um, kind of in a different pace uh, than we can do in the school year. 
And we were hanging out this last week just around some chips and queso and just hanging out, all six of us. And, and we often in our family, whether it's on a road trip or whether it's just kind of around the house, we, we have this thing we call the question game. And whenever we sit down for dinner around the house, we'll a lot of times do this. We actually have a, a couple uh, packets of, of cards that have a list of different random questions to ask. But a lot of times, because we've done this for so many years, we can just kind of do it spontaneously. And, and someone asks the question. The question game goes like this. Someone asks a question, and everybody else around the table answers that question. And then you go on to a new question. And, and somebody asked the question. They said, if you could get everybody in the world to change one thing, like, like what, would, what would you want people to change? What, what, would, what would you want to be different? And it was really fascinating to hear the answers from our family, from nine years old up to 16 with my kids, and then Jen and I. And, but, but later on, I, we, we all had some good answers, but later on, I, I was just kind of reflecting on that question a little bit more. And I was thinking, you know what? One thing I would love to see every Christian change, I would love to see every believer in Jesus start dreaming bigger, just to, to think differently for God, to start opening their mind to what God could do, because here's why. I think the world would be radically different if every believer started dreaming bigger. If they realized, hey, I have a great God who can do all things. I have a great God who made me for a purpose, not just to survive through life, but to thrive in this life, in every category, to to dream big for him and to accomplish as much as is possible with God. Imagine how different our world would be, the problems that would be solved, the needs that would be met, the people that would be helped. Our world would be completely different. But so many of us are walking around with head down, just looking at the next step in front of us. And I just hope that God would elevate your, your vision this weekend and start to think more, especially as we move into the future. And why? Here's the lesson. Because vision from heaven changes life here on earth. Vision from heaven, it changes life here on earth. And it can change your life. It can change your family's life, the people around you in your circle. I mean, it, I'm telling you, vision is what can move us to action and change things. When we're talking about big vision, ultimately the, the biggest and grandest vision we can have, the, the greatest vision we can grasp is the vision that, of what God has done for us through Jesus Christ on the cross. When we think about all that Jesus has done for us, he gave up his life while we were in sin. He sacrificed his life so we can be reunited with God. You know, all the brokenness and all the pain and all the problems of this world because of our sin, God came to heal and restore and rebuild and renew through a relationship with Jesus. As we turn from our sins and we change our mind and turn our minds towards Christ and we're forgiven of our sins, not only adopted into the family of God and given the hope of heaven, but God starts to work in a new way here in our lives as the church. And this is, this is the biggest dream that God had for you, that you would be re- reunited to him in a relationship. And I, I love what it says about this vision in Romans chapter eight. Romans chapter eight, verse 32 God's word says, he who did not spare his own son, Jesus, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? I love that. There's two parts of this. I I, I think it's so beautiful. It says, he who gave his own son, he loved you so much. You know, you were gonna die for your sin. One of two people were gonna die for your sins. You were gonna die for your sins for all time and be separated from God. Never make it to heaven because of your sin. Or he could create a solution, and the solution was to have a sinless Savior. And none of us could be the Savior because we all had our own sin, so he sent his own son. And his son was tempted. Jesus was tempted in every way that you were, but he was without sin. And so when he went to that cross, he was able to take on the weight of your sin and all of our sin on that cross. And so God was dreaming about us, the solution to our problem, our, our deep problem that we can't fix on our own. 
the problem of sin. He put this sin to death when he died on that cross. And we look to him for salvation, so that's the first part. But then he says, he who gave up his own son, think about this. How will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? Have you ever thought about that verse before? Some of you have read this for years and you just read right over it. It's like, if he's willing to go to that great length, then there was no ocean wide enough that he wouldn't cross, no mountain high enough that he wouldn't summit, no valley he wouldn't go through. He would do anything to be reunited with you, including giving up his own son, which he did. So he proved to you the extent of his love. And then it says, and then God's word says, how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? Is there, not, is there anything that God would not be willing to do if he was willing to give up his own son for you? Of course not. He loves you that much. So with a God who's able to not only save us, but also is desiring to bless us, to use us, to work in our lives, this God who will graciously, willing to give us all things for his glory, should we not dream bigger for him? This is our motivation. See, when you really see God for who he is and what he's done on the cross for you, when you see all that he's helped you through and you look back in your past and you see the miracles that God has done, when you turn your life over to him and start living for him, why would you not be motivated to do everything you can to move God's kingdom forward when you look in the past and see all he's done? So the idea here is that God's big dream for me, salvation, is really my motivation to dream big for him. How do I get motivation to dream big? I, I feel like I'm, I'm stuck. Some of you today, like, I just don't really have vision because I just don't feel like it. Honestly, I'm just trying to get by. I'm surviving. You know, I, I don't want to look to the future. I just want to get to tomorrow. I feel plateaued spiritually. I just feel stuck. Maybe if that's you today, listen, how do you get that passion back? How do you get that vision? Go back to the gospel. Go back to the good news. Right? Without Jesus, we were headed for an eternity without the Father. An eternity of suffering that we deserve for our sins. We'd be left to stumble through this life in brokenness, and even if we could polish up the outside of our life and kind of dream big, so to speak, in our flesh and try to make life look good, and we've still been filled with, with evil intentions and, and brokenness on the inside, and there's so much in our life that we just could not change but Jesus, but God, right? And, and he changed things for us. And so he's our motivation. That's where we renew our passion as we go back to the good news, what Jesus did. He saved me. He changed me. And because of what he did for me, I want to live my life for him. How about you? What's God done for you? Is that not motivation enough to say, hey, Jesus, look what you did for me and how you changed me. I want to give everything. I want to give my life for you. That's our motivation. So let's get real practical here. So a lot of people do have dreams. I've found that a lot of people have goals. They have intentions. They have hopes for their future, which is, is great. But very few people reach those dreams. And often, oftentimes I've found that a lot of people have dreams, but they never start on those dreams. It's always tomorrow. Why do today what you can put off till tomorrow, right? A lot of people never start on those dreams, or they start on them, and they never finish them. So, so why is that? If dreams are so powerful, why is it that we never fulfill them? And, and how can we dream bigger and actually reach those big dreams? At the end of every year, I, I, some of you know I have a, a process where I, I go through and I kind of reflect back on the past year and just thank God for all the wins. I kind of keep track of those throughout the year, just look back and our ministry and our family and just think of all the things that God's done and praise him for that. And, and then I look ahead and I, I do a little dreaming intentionally, do some planning. And, and, and I think, you know, what, what could God do in this year ahead? And I've been doing this for years and it's really fun to look back and see all the things that God's accomplished. And a lot of those started with an idea. 
And this year, coming into, the, in, into 2023, I, I had some vision around family. And, and just one of the dreams I had written down uh, in December of last year just was a fun dream. Uh, one of my daughters, Kira, she was the only child in our family who's never seen her favorite animal in person. Now, there's a good reason for this because her favorite animal is a panda bear. So I didn't know this, but giant pandas are actually very rare. They exist in the wild only in the nation of China in a very narrow area. And there's about 2,000 of them, which has rebounded to a low of around 1,100. And, and so the population is growing, but it's still very limited in size. There's about 600 more that are in captivity, mostly in Asia. And here in the United States, there's only two places that you can actually go to see a panda. You can go to Washington, D.C., or you can go to Atlanta, Georgia. And so Kira had never seen her favorite animal. And so just for a fun dream, I didn't know if we'd be able to pull off about that. You know, if there's a way sometime this year, I would love to take my daughter, the only child that has not seen her favorite animal. I'd love to take her to see a panda bear. That's just make her a year. And so I, put, I wrote that down. That was a dream. I pray about the dreams. Yeah, every week I kind of look at them and kind of strategize and think, think ahead. And, and so I, I was just imagining, and this year when my parents said, hey, why don't you come up and meet us in Tennessee for our summer vacation? I thought, man, that would be the perfect time on our way home to go through Atlanta and see a panda bear. And so this, this year on our way home, we, we stopped at Atlanta, and we kind of arranged our schedule in such a way to where we could go by for an afternoon, and we stopped into the Atlanta Zoo, and we went back to the panda bear exhibit. And I was trying to keep my expectations low because, man, they, maybe they're feeding, maybe they're asleep. We're not going to see them. And, man, we showed up, and it was the coolest thing. Man, they were active. These two pandas were moving around in their cages. It was such a cool thing. And, and my daughter just sat there, and you got this really cool picture of her just sitting there next to the panda. And she was so happy. I'm telling you, that smile on her face made all the planning and the dreaming and the praying and arranging the schedules, it made it worth it to see that smile on her face. I love that. I love that. And it's, it's great to dream about your family. You know, it really is. But I'll tell you what, if you could dream in such a way as to put a smile on God's face, say, God, what, what could I accomplish for you with my life that would just make heaven smile? That God, I could be intentional and arrange my time and my resources and my energy and my life in such a way that it might not happen overnight, and I don't even know if it will happen, but, but God, what if I could just, just pray about and dream about some bigger things for you? Not just paying the bills and getting through life and getting from birth to death and say I lived a good life, but no, God, I want to live not just my best life, but I want to live the life that you want me to live, a life that puts a smile on your face and puts a smile on other faces, it's not just for me. Because listen, if your dreams are all about your comfort instead of God's calling, then your dreams are way too small. If your dreams, if all of your dreams came true and your life was just better and you were happier and wealthier and more comfortable and you got to do more things for you, listen, your dreams are way too small. Your dreams need to be bigger. And how do we have bigger dreams? We dream for God. Listen to his word in John chapter 15 because Jesus addresses this here in the New Testament. John 15, verse eight. Jesus said, this is to my Father's glory. You wanna know what puts a smile on God's face? You wanna know what gives him glory? Jesus tells us. This is to my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit. That you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Kingdom fruit, life change, building up God's church, expanding his kingdom. These are the things that make God smile. Helping those in need solving problems here in our world that help people and ultimately helping people find the good news that you and I have found, the good news of Jesus Christ that changes our eternity and changes everything about our life here and now. That's a God dream, putting a smile on God's face, putting a smile on the faces of others for his glory. And the, and the Bible tells us that we can do this in everything. 
Some of us have a very narrow vision of what it looks like to bring fruit to God, to God for his kingdom. And you're like, well, I have my, my business over here that I'm doing on the side. And then I, and I go and I, I'm a greeter, I'm an usher, I run the tech at church. And so that's my, where I need to dream for God. No, no, that's a part of it. Everyone should have a role in God's house, in God's church. This, this is the epicenter of kingdom activity. This is the, the catalytic place where we come together in God's people and we worship. And we reach out to the community. Right? It's, it's a catalyst of activity, like what we're doing this weekend. Many of you, thank you. You've brought food, and you brought bags of food across every location in our church. And we're, we're collecting hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of pounds of food to give to the needy in all, in all of our cities. That's an amazing thing. We're together dreaming of what we can do, and this is the epicenter of that. So we do a lot of amazing things here, and everyone should have a role in this. If you don't, you're missing out. But beyond what happens inside the walls, this is really a place where the army comes together and, and, and we catalyze and we, and we build momentum and we, we get trained and encouraged and refreshed. And then we leave these walls and we go out into the mission field as an army for God's kingdom, taking new territory, moving into the darkness, bringing light, helping people find and follow Jesus so they can experience our mission, a full life in Jesus Christ. That's what it's all about, friends. So I want you to dream bigger on what fruit could look like in your life. Taking your business, it's not something that's ancillary off to the side. No, that business can be a ministry. We have Christian business leaders, many of them in our church, that use their businesses to advance God's kingdom. They don't see their employees as workers working for them. They see them as people that they serve for the purpose of pointing them to Christ, putting food on the table for them by having a good company that's run well, providing benefits and taking care of them and treating them right. What would be different in your life if you took the work of your hands, the dreams in your heart, and instead of pointing them at yourself, you pointed them towards God and you said, God, in my family, even in my fun, my finances, my fitness, every area of my life, God, I want it to point towards you and give you glory. As it says in 1 Corinthians 10, 31, whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. What if you did everything for the glory of God? What if your vision was your whole life? And you said, God, whatever it takes, I'm all in. I want to live my life for you. It's amazing what can happen over time with someone who gives their life to the Lord and says, God, I'm just committed to serving you and dreaming about what you can do over time. Some of us just have a patience problem. We want to see all the dreams happen tomorrow. And so we give up on dreams prematurely. Before we started Church Experience, a really wise man in my life named Dennis, he actually was the father of my college roommate. He's a pastor. He leads missions around the world. And I was talking to him about the vision of starting Church Experience. And he said, Brandon, you know, we, we often overestimate what, can be accomplished in one year, and we vastly underestimate what can be accomplished in five years. And, and, and I, I kind of noted it and thought, yeah, that's wise, but, you know, I was excited to, you know, change the world and change the city in, in one year, right? And God did a lot. Make no mistake about it. God did a lot. He launched his church strong, and a lot of great things happened. Lives were changed. But as I look back now at year eight, I'm blown away at all that God has done. And some of us have been around for this journey for a long time, and we look back and we say, wow, look what you have done, God. The hundreds, about 900 people have made a commitment to Jesus Christ through church experience since it started. Hundreds of lives in multiple states, multiple cities. God's doing so much. We're planting churches. This, this building that we're in here at our central campus, a multi-million dollar building, incredible ministry space, was given to us. Like, look, look at the mountains that God has moved, the lives that have been changed, what God's done in our families, the friendships that have been formed. So many of us have such great relationships that span years. That's unique. That's a gift. That's something special. God is building his church. And listen, we're still in chapter one. God is writing a great story. We're just getting started. What God's going to do, we're still dreaming about the future. 
Many of you know we, we just received this incredible next offering. You guys were phenomenally generous, and, and we're running towards this new vision of a multi-story, multi-million dollar expansion of this property to expand parking, expand the facility to reach hundreds more people for Christ in the years to come here in the Dunedin area, in the Clearwater area. And God's at work, and he's dreaming, and we're planting churches. God's giving fresh vision. There's exciting things we want to do in missions and so much more. God's got some great plans ahead, great things in store for us as a church family. So I want to encourage you to dream with us. Don't make your dreams just about you, but let's dream together. Listen, I have, I have dreams for my own family and things I hope to accomplish, but a lot of my dreams are for you. I, I dream about what we could do together. Make sure that your dreams have some we mixed in into your dreams. And it shouldn't be I dreams, it should be we dreams. What could we do together? Partnership is powerful, what we can accomplish for God. There's three things that I pray for around vision all the time. And, and I don't have these in your notes on the screen, but, but perhaps you want to just jot these down in the margin. These are three prayers that I pray all the time and as a visionary leader that, that God will help guide my vision. And the first one is simply this, is that my, my dreams, I, I pray this every day. Say, say, God, in some form or some way, I pray the same prayer every day. God, help, help my, my vision to please you. Help church experience to please you. That's my greatest dream. Before I pray all the other things and the, the asks and God help us, I don't know how the money's gonna come in to build this building. God, I know it's important. I know it's what you want us to do. I don't know how it's gonna happen. So I pray about that. I, I pray about a lot of things, but, but I begin by saying, God, help us to please you because I want God to have a smile on his face when he looks at us. We don't wanna build our church. We're building his church. So, so start with a holy ambition. See, when I was young, I didn't understand this. I was always a driven person. But there's a massive difference when you mature to the point of a holy ambition instead of a selfish ambition. Get a bigger dream. Dream for God, not for you. The second thing that I often pray, I pray this continually. I say, God, give me a bigger vision. Give me a bigger vision. So many of us get stuck. You're a dreamer, but you don't dream big enough. You have a God that can move mountains. They can do incredible things. So just, just pray that God will provide bigger vision. And, and on the heels of that, I pray for bigger provision. Pray for a bigger vision. I say, God... Give us bigger vision for you and, and increase your provision for us, for your kingdom. And a lot of people start there. They start with the provision, the, the what and the how. God, God, show me how. Provide the answers. Provide the solutions. Provide the team, the resources. And those are the good prayers to pray. And make no mistake about it. You need to pray, and pray specifically for those things. But you can't get the order wrong or your heart will be in the wrong order. Right? So you got to start with God a holy ambition. I want to please you with these dreams. And God, give me a bigger vision so you don't start dreaming and planning about smaller and lesser things. And then as you have a big vision that pleases God, then you start saying, God, increase your provision. I had an opportunity to be uh, kind of backstage with a, a leader that I respect immensely. His name is Miles McPherson. He's the pastor of the Rock Church in San Diego, where Jennifer and I started dating and got married where she grew up. And this is in my 20s. And I had an opportunity to be around him, and I've tried so many times to just get around leaders who have big vision because it expands my vision, so to get around them and ask questions and learn. And, and he gave me the great honor of going backstage with him uh, between some of their services. It's a great church there in San Diego. And, and he was just giving me some time asking some questions. I have my notebook out. I'm writing some things down. And, and while Miles and I were talking, uh, the door opened, and, and this young man came in. There was a part of their church, and a couple other people kind of escorted him in. And, and they said, hey, Miles, sorry to interrupt um, your time with Brandon, but, uh, you know, this guy, he's just got a quick question. And, and, this, and this guy said, hey, Miles, thanks for your time. I just, I wanted to share real quick. I, I have this big vision idea, and I want to know if we can do this as a church. And, and I watched as Miles masterfully responded to him with grace and said, man, way to go. That's incredible. You're dreaming for God. What I want you to do is go write that vision down in detail on paper, and I want you to bring it back to me. And the young man left. He, he was satisfied with that. He said, all right, you got it. And he left. And then Miles looked across the table at me after the door shut, and he said, Brandon, very few people, it's sad, but very few people will actually go and write down the vision and bring it back. 
It's like most people have an idea, and they, they want to dump it on you, want you to go do it, but, but they're not committed enough to even write it down. And if they're not committed enough to write it down, they're most likely not committed enough to execute and make it happen. So he says, that's the test for me. They don't know it's a test, but that's a test. Are they serious enough about this vision that they'll actually write it down? And if they'll write it down, then I'll really consider it. And, and, and to you, I, I would just say, you know, God is wanting to do so much in your life. Do you have it written down? You're talking about big vision today. Have you actually taken the time to write it down and put your heart on paper for God or tap it into your phone? Unless you think this is not a biblical concept, Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 2, it says, Then the Lord replied, Write down the revelation. Make it plain on tablets so the herald can run with it. And God says, write down the vision. Make it clear for people. Because without clarity of vision, people cast off restraint. It says that in Proverbs. In fact, God was so clear about his vision for us that he wrote it down in his written word. He didn't want there to be any confusion about it, so he wrote it down. Well, God told me this. How do you know? Well, does it line up with his written word? He, he didn't want there to be any confusion. And so write down your vision. I, I had a huge blessing of 20 years ago I had a mentor in college when I was a freshman he was a senior and he mentored me every Thursday night in this little room off the side of the chapel of our campus church and 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 he just spent time pouring into my life it changed my life in such a big way his name was Dave I'm so thankful for Dave to this day And, and and Dave one of the things he taught me is he said Brandon write down the roles in your life and put goals down under each of those roles in your life and at that time I was a student I was a son to my parents I wasn't yet married all these things and I wrote down goals in the different areas of my education all that and over time, the roles have changed, but I've faithfully been doing this practice for over 20 years now. And I've looked at, I can't even tell you how many hundreds, maybe thousands of times I've looked at this, what I call my life dreams. I have these five roles in my life. You know, ultimately my faith and my close relationships with my family and my friends, our ministry here with Church Experience, God's kingdom, my ministry beyond, and, and then just the, the adventurous life that God's called us to live with our fitness and our finances, our fun, all that stuff. And I just kind of put all that into a, a really brief outline. I, I want to actually share with you this. And I want to share this with you, these five sentences, very brief, with the hope that you'll get some ideas here and that you'll write down in a very clear and concise way what your dreams are. And look, my, my dreams have changed over time. Some of them has, have remained the same, but some of them have tweaked and changed with the different seasons and roles in my life. As I became a parent, I got new dreams. When I got married, I got new dreams. But write down the vision for your life as it is now. It doesn't have to be way out there. Some people make the mistake of having just dreams that are way out there, and they're not dreaming about what God has placed in front of them right now. And so I want you to dream about the roles in your life right now. And so here, here's mine, and, and it's just in, in the categories of faith, relationships, the calling and work, ministry, and, and then health. And, and so here's, here's those five things. The first one in faith is, is I dream of experiencing God's love deeply every day as I live for him. That is my greatest life dream, to experience God's love deeply every day as I live for him. And so that's why I start my day with time in God's word. That's why I end my day in time with God's word. That's why I set an appointment every single day to spend time with God in prayer, usually 30 to 60 minutes every day. I'm just spending talking with God. That's why I carry a prayer stone in my pocket to remind me to pray throughout the day because I want to experience God's love deeply throughout the day. I don't just want to leave it on my nightstand for five minutes a day. I want to leave it on Sunday morning. I, I want it to be throughout my life. It's my greatest dream to experience God's love deeply every day as I live for him. My second life dream, the second most important thing in my life is, is I dream of amazing relationships with my family and friends. And so I'm incredi- incredibly intentional. And time is limited. You only have so much time. And so I try to invest in those relationships closest to me. I wish I had more time because I love people so much. But, but you know, I, I spend time with my family. 
And so Jen and I, we, we go on date nights. We have, every Friday night, we have family night with our family. We try to get dinners together around the house. Even though life is crazy for us and we're full speed all the time, we try to sit down and have dinner together. We spend time with our children and friendships and mentoring. And we have leadership team meetings and, and groups and serving teams. And we just, we get involved in the life of the church because relationships matter to us. The, the third thing for me, the third um, calling and dream in my life is I dream of leading a dynamic church that helps more people experience a full life in Jesus Christ. And that dream that God put in my heart at 18 years old is what led us to launch Church Experience eight years ago. And, and I, I, that's the calling in my life. And I just believe that that's what God wants me to do for all of my life here with you and lead together and, and seeing what God could do through us as a church family. And, and so that's the work. Of, that's my career work. That's my occupation. I, I do that full time. I'm so thankful to do that, to serve you. But then also there's ministry. And everybody should have a ministry category. So you have your work dream, whatever that is. It needs to be a ministry, your work. But I believe you also should have above and beyond ministry beyond the work of your hands. And so for me, uh, I put it this way. I dream of aggressively advancing the kingdom of God. And some of these things in recent years have come into more clarity for me of what that could look like. But for a lot of my life, I didn't really know what that was going to look like. But I just said, God, I just want to be used greatly by you. And so sometimes I get asked to speak somewhere and I'd say yes. And sometimes I do some writing. I love to write. And so put that out there and, and hopefully that made a difference. And you know, just anytime God opened a door. You know, one time I tried to start a Christian magazine and some friends and I did this for about six months. So that was a great adventure. Just, it was kind of like, God, however you want to use me, I, I want to make a difference for you. And so sometimes it's like serve our cities events here with our church. Sometimes that's helping out a neighbor or a friend. Like, I just, I want to make a difference for God's kingdom. Share the good news anywhere and everywhere that I can. And then finally for me, beyond ministry, it's, it's health. And, and that's so important. And it's not last because it's last important. Sometimes that needs to be the first thing you give attention to. You take care of your, of your health. But for me, it's a really important dream. It's, it's I dream of enjoying an adventurous and healthy life lived to the fullest for Christ. An adventurous and healthy life lived to the fullest for Christ. Holistically, the whole of my life. Your fitness, your finances, and fun. We teach a lot about this in our growth class. But we want to help you live holistically in every category of your life in a way to honor God and live for him. And so that's the, the dreams that I dream about. And every year there's new goals around those things and how to move those things forward. But I want to make an ultimate difference for the Lord as much as I can. And so I just want to ask you a question. Have you got serious enough about the vision God's put in your heart that you've written it down? Here's the final lesson today. Pray about the vision and write it down. Pray about the vision and write it down. Right? I mean, it's, it's as simple as that. Pray about it and then write it down. And it's going to take a lifetime of working it out and trying things that don't work and failing forward and all that. And it's fine. But if you don't have the vision then you're not going to ever move to action. So my challenge for you, church, is to dream bigger about what God could do in your life and your future and your family. I want to close this way. Earlier this year, I had an opportunity to go up and had some ministry-related meetings in my hometown and got to see my, my family and my parents. It was just such a great, great trip for a few days. And, and I came back, and I was so excited to see my family after being away, and, and I flew into Tampa International, and I'm waiting out there in front of the airport, and my family is getting ready to pull up and pick me up. And, and while I'm there, just people watching. It's the greatest place to people watch because people are being reunited, sometimes after weeks of not seeing each other or longer. And, and I saw this, this girl that was there waiting on a ride right by me. She walked out onto the road right there in front of the airport, as this Jeep pulled up, and she was so excited, you could tell. And, and the Jeep parks, and, and out of the driver's side door, this, this young man got out. And I don't know if it was her husband or a boyfriend, but he gets out, and he goes over to there. And they give each other the, the biggest hug and kiss. And you could tell they're so excited to be back together. He grabs her suitcase. He goes around puts it in the back of the Jeep as she gets in the passenger side. And, and he comes over there to shut her door. And I'm just watching this whole thing with a smile on my face. I mean, that's so beautiful. I've had so many of those moments with Jen. Like, this is just cool. I'm just enjoying it. And, and, and as she's inside, she leans over to give him another kiss, 
Well, at that same moment, he turned to walk back around the Jeep to get in his side, and he shuts the door, <laughs> literally shuts the door right in her face. I mean, she's leaning in for a kiss, and then boom, glass, like right there. <laughs> and I just start laughing because he has no clue. I don't know if they drove off, she told him, or there's just like this little hole in her heart, like, oh, you know, like I have no idea what happened after that. But I just had so much fun watching the moment. It was beautiful, and it was hilarious all at the same time. He totally missed an opportunity. Why? Because he wasn't paying attention. Now, he had good intentions. He wanted to get in the vehicle and take her wherever he needed to go, take her out to eat. But, he, you know, he, he missed an opportunity. She was leaning in, but he, was, he wasn't looking. And some of you, I'm telling you, I, I just, I just telling you on the authority of God's word, he is leaning in with some incredible vision for your life. There's things that he wants to deposit into your heart today. There's some things that God wants to do in and through your life that could literally change your world and most importantly change the world of others for God's glory. There are things where God is leaning in. He's saying, listen, if you had any idea how much I wanted to use you and the unique gifts, the thumbprint on your life that I have divinely created, you're made in the image of a creative God who has equipped and called you and has almighty power back in you, the angel armies of heaven. There's so much he wants to do in and through your life, but some of you are missing it, and you've shut the door on what God wants to do because you're not even looking. So my hope today is not that all the dreams by tomorrow will be accomplished, but simply one thing, that you will look up to heaven, you'll pay attention, and you'll say, God, I want to dream with you. I want to work with you, not just work for you. I want to work with you and dream with you and see all the great things that you want to do in and through my life for your glory, not mine, for your kingdom, God, not mine, to see what we can do together. My hope is that you will step into that. And, and I want to pray, and I just want to give you an opportunity before we close to just to cry out to God and say, God, bring vision. Open my mind. Help me see bigger, to please you, to have bigger vision, bigger provision. And so we're going to pray about that in just, just a quick minute. But, but I just I, I couldn't end this message without speaking to somebody who might be here today hearing this message. And, and, and you're really discouraged because you don't, you don't know that God is really dreaming about your life anymore because you, you had some great dreams or you lived some great dreams. God did some things, and then you really ruined it, right? I mean, maybe the, the relationship fell apart. Maybe you lost your career or lost the business. I mean, the ministry was unraveled. Maybe choices of yours or someone else, but, you know, just things didn't work out like you hoped. And I would just say to you in the ruins of whatever was broken in your life, inside you or around you, and, and in the ashes of what you see as you look out, and maybe it's still smoldering, the ruins in your life, I would just say to you that God never gives up on us. Sometimes we can be tempted to give up on him, but God will never give up on you. He's always dreaming. As long as you have a heartbeat, God is dreaming for this life for you and what he wants to accomplish. And so you might feel broken, but just be reminded that, that Jesus in Romans chapter five, it says, while we were still in our sin, while things were still broken, he loved us so much that he reached out into this, this hole of our sin. And he said, while you were still in our sins, Christ died for you. He, he showed you that he loved you when you were at your worst by giving his best. And so just know today, if this is you and, and you, you're struggling with vision because you don't see anything good in your future, I want you to know that Jesus, when he saw the world and we had run the paradise that he created and we were in brokenness, he never gave up on us, but he provided a solution through Jesus. And he'll provide a solution for your problems as well. But you have to look to his answer. His first answer, his greatest dream for you is Jesus. And so look to him today for your motivation and inspiration. 
but most importantly for your salvation. Right on? Right on. Come on, let's pray together. Father, we thank you so much for your goodness to us, that God, you allow us to be a part of your great dream for this earth, that God, you would include people like us that have sin-stained past and so many failures, and God, we've fallen so short, but yet you never fell short. God, you've always been faithful. You've always been there. You always had your face looking at and dreaming about this planet, and God, you've always wanted to see us thrive for you. And so, God, we just pray that you'd renew vision in us today, increase our vision, increase your provision. But, God, more than those things, most importantly, we pray that we'd have dreams that please you, that are first and foremost about you, that whatever we do in our work or in our play, in our relationships, in our careers, in our ministry, that every area, God, that we would live to please you and live for you in all things. And right now as we pray, I want you to just take a moment and bring your dreams before the Lord. Maybe you don't have them clarified yet and you can't say them in a brief way. I hope you get to that point and you can write it down. But right now, all you have is just a general idea. Man, I, I, I want God to do more in my family. Well, then pray about that. That God gives you clear vision for what that could look like. He'll give you the details as you go along, but just ask for the vision in that area. In your own relationship with God, you're like, man, I'm just, I'm, I've been too casual for too long. I've been too stagnant. I want to get that passion and fire for the Lord back. That's first. I want to get that, and then I want to go after these other things in my career or my ministry. So start praying about that then. But just right now, whatever it is that God's putting on your heart, I want you to pray about what God is dreaming about for you. And while many of us are praying about these dreams, there's someone here today, I, I believe that, you know, for you, that the, the most important prayer that you can pray is just to turn your life over to Jesus. And, and you might say, well, I, I don't see a lot of beauty here just as a blank canvas, you know, there's a lot of runes and stuff. Listen, God has an amazing eraser called forgiveness. And whatever the marks are on the canvas of your life that you feel like can't be undone, God can can to wipe it all clean. He can erase and, and, and bring forgiveness and healing. But then not only that, it's not just to get you back to where you should have began. It's that he can still create a masterpiece with the canvas of your life. And you need to trust him enough just to say, Jesus, I want to turn from my sins and turn to you. And so if that's you today, you can just simply pray, Jesus, forgive me of my sins. I'm a sinner and I need a savior. And so forgive me of my sins. I'm turning to you. And in my mind, God, I'm deciding to follow you. I'm choosing you. I'm choosing you as the Lord of my life. It's called repentance. And, and God, I'm changing my mind from, from what I used to, to believe and who used to be leading my life. It used to be me or it used to be the opinions of others, but God, it's you today. And so just turn your life over to him and say, Jesus, I'm, I'm choosing to follow you. I'm deciding in my mind to follow Jesus. I'm receiving you into my heart and my life. Thank you, God, for your great forgiveness. Thank you for the dreams that are being prayed about all across this space today. There's so many that are gonna be praying dreams throughout this weekend and just saying, God, how do you wanna use my life? How can I dream bigger for you? And God, I pray that you would increase our vision and that, God, you would do more to bring fruit that puts a smile on your face far beyond what any of us could ask or imagine according to your will and for your kingdom. It's in Jesus' powerful name that we pray today. Amen.